Welcome to the Great Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Weber, and I'm so glad you've clicked on this episode because I think this is a great podcast, and I'm glad you're listening to it. What I do on this show is I sit across the table from somebody or somebody's, maybe I know them, maybe I don't, uh, but either way, we get to know them very well. We hear their life story, kind of the highlights of what makes them, who they are, uh, and most importantly, just how they came to know Christ and what it's looked like in the context of their life to follow him, uh, to be refined by him, to be used by him, and just what that looks like. It's, it's so exciting to hear. And, and the cool thing is that you hear th- th- this story, which which maybe you share, maybe you don't, but you hear this story from someone else's perspective. And the cool thing is that we always see the same God over and over again. All these themes keep coming into it. And it's so exciting just to hear uh, just a real life story. These aren't rehearsed. They're not polished. They're not uh, edited at all. And uh, you just get to hear somebody's raw take on their own journey. Super, super cool. Uh, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, there's a lot of other episodes. Please go check them out. And if you think there'd be somebody else out there blessed to hear what you're hearing, uh, please share these episodes. Uh, I want this podcast to grow, not so that my name can be great or that the podcast can be great, but because I I think what we're talking about needs to be heard by as many people as possible. So share these episodes. Uh, You can also support the show by going to patreon.com and searching for the whole name, The Great Stories Podcast. Podcasting is shockingly cheap, but there is a little bit of overhead. There's some hardware and all that that's needed. So if you want to support that way, that'd be awesome too. Uh, And the last way that you can support the show, of course, is to uh, come on to the show yourself. Uh, Everybody has a story, and I promise you that you are interesting to someone. Don't think you're not. That's a lie. You absolutely are. So get in touch with me. Uh, You can get in touch on the Facebook. uh, Facebook page is The Great Stories Podcast. You can go to the website, uh, the streaming page, uh, of course, greatstories.podbean.com, or you can just shoot me an email at the great stories podcast at gmail.com uh, so this week i got to sit down with a pretty awesome guy uh he is a local church planter in the the fremont california area and has just is maybe uh i think about 18 months or a year or so into a brand new church plant and his church is called restore 22 and of course uh we're doing this during the infamous COVID-19 quarantine or shelter in place and all that. So the meeting was a little complicated. Uh, We found some common ground. We both wore masks (laughs) through the whole interview. So you can hear we're just kind of a little bit muffled. But uh, either way, you know, God still works during these times. And uh, Lita Wong was kind enough to uh, be willing to come out and meet me and just talk about his story. It was inspiring. It was so cool. I feel like I made a new friend. We kind of just had a rolling start for this one. I, I, I actually talk in the beginning part, but it, it kind of sets up the conversation really well. And uh, I hope you enjoy listening to what Lita Wong had to say as much as we enjoy talking about it. Here we go.
trying to make the best decisions I can. Yeah. Just as I'm going about my business, but it's hard to say. I feel like there's, you know, there's gifting and then there's calling. Mm. And I, I feel like the, the giftings are there. You know, I, I like teaching mm-hmm. and I, I seem to be all right at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I keep being invited to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what exactly the, the calling is, yeah. uh, isn't super defined yet. Right. I don't know what the pathway and all that is. Right. I'm, I'm going through the eldership training right now nice. for, for this church. Oh, how cool. So that's the thing that's right now. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But next, I don't know. Yeah. Are we going to plant another church? Am I going to do a different ministry? Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of... Dude, honestly, I've sort of, like, just maybe over the last, like, five or six years, I just kind of learned to just not actually decide that and just let God figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because so far, he's kind of led me wherever he wanted me to go. And mm. none of those places are where I thought I was going to. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to say yes to things that, that he's presenting to me. And then, yeah, that's it. When I, when I start chasing waterfalls, <laughs> we, we get into trouble. You get frustrated. I was reading this book called War by Sebastian Younger. Hmm. And he talks about the stress levels and compares the stress levels between fighter pilots and bomber pilots. But specifically bomber pilots, the turret gunners. Not the ones that are flying the bombers, the turret gunners of the bombers. And defending the the thing. Defending the thing. And the stress stress levels. Now, the rate of death was somewhat equivalent, 50 to 70%, pretty high. Yeah. But the stress levels um, and the fear they reported was... Uh, way higher for the bomber turret gunner than the fighter pilots. And what he concluded was that the stress level was higher for the turret gunners because they had little control. Whereas the fighter uh, pilots had the same amount of death rate, you know, as of bomber pilots and bomber yeah, turret gunners, but, but they, they had, had the con- stick. They had the stick. Whoa. They had the control. So I think for you and for many people, myself, <laughs> yeah. it's the stress, you know, I mean, the death is the same, you know, God's going to do what he's going to do, but... yeah. The control is something that we have to learn to let go of. You're just sitting under there in that bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, uh, where are they? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's too bad because I always thought that'd be like the more fun job. <laughs> <laughs> Between the two. <laughs> that's what you always want to do like in the video game. I'm on the turret. You drive. I'm going to shoot. <laughs> I want to shoot. You drive. <laughs> I play too much Halo. Right? Oh That's no! I, me and you both, bro. <laughs> me and you both, man. <laughs> uh, yep. Well, that's uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. It's like I, I, every time I've tried to fly the plane, yeah. I don't even know where I'm going anyway. Yeah. I was like, well, okay, and then you get lost, and and you, you kind of frustrate yourself, and then yeah. finally. Jesus comes by and boots you out of the driver's seat and does some things. You're like, oh, now I get it. And then you obviously don't get it because I try to fly again. And it's like this constant. Mm-hmm. I, You know what I heard? I, somebody said this. It wasn't me. I wish I came up with this. But uh, like the Christian walk is like you're a lot of people visualize it as you're walking with Jesus mm-hmm. through life and you're mm-hmm. arm in arm, side by side. And then at, over time, we sort of like start elbowing him out like I, I got it i got it and then pretty soon he's walking you know a few feet behind us you know with his arms crossed like <laughs> eyebrows up 
you done yet? And then we trip over something, we fall, and we we look at him and like, Jesus, like where were you, man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, I let you take the wheel. So he's like, okay, can I can I go now? Yeah. That's funny. That's good. That's a good image. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, welcome. Thank you, dude. Thanks for like being willing to uh, venture out into the oh, the, the great unknown. Sorry, I, I forgot. <laughs> oh, are we? We're under. Uh, I forgot about that. I was like just enjoying myself. We're looking. We got to get under Bandito. There we go. I wear this uh, because nice. it makes me look tougher. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I wear like this the, because I had it before all this happened. So yeah. when people judge me for wearing an N95 mask when I'm not a doctor, <laughs> I'm like, I had. I was wearing this when I had the flu a month ago. Right. So. I have a full respirator back there. There we go. I use it for uh, <laughs> for painting things. That thing, nothing's getting in there. That's end of the world turf. Oh, man. Yeah, I like going to the bank. Oh, God, don't do that. Wearing this thing. <laughs> Say, not, give, me, give, me all, give me all my money. <laughs> do, not, do not go to the bank with that on, please. Now, it fits the trucker look. Put the oh, shades God. on. The little, little Unabomber. Oh, my God. That's too funny. To, it's good. Well, yeah, man. Hey, welcome to the... The Great Stories Podcast. Thank I'm so you. glad you're here. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, you you were mentioning. I'm trying to. I was trying to figure out when exactly it was that we had met. The we first met time. at Exponential and 2016 at, at a hotel right restaurant. The dinner downstairs. Okay. Yes. The schmoozing dinner. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so, what? How were you a part of that? Because I, I know what you're doing now, and we'll, right. get, we'll get to that. Right. But, yeah, wind me up to that part. I was at Exponential 2016 because at that time I was a part of a church, and I wanted to start a church within a church. So I went to Exponential to learn how the ins and outs of starting a church, hmm. but within our unique context, which was the church within a church. So it wasn't a full independent autonomous plant. Right. It was uh, part of a bigger body, but I still wanted to some takeaways from it. Okay, right on. And, and then I, I, I knew Ryan, I knew Will. Uh, so when I went downstairs for breakfast, I saw you guys. Hey, what's up? And yeah. Joined your, Will told me to join your table, and I sat there, and I think you were having eggs and bacon and yes. sausage, and I was too, that or sounds something right. like that. And that sounds we right. off to our conference. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, as much bacon as possible. Hey. That's a life goal of mine. Oh, my God. I feel bad for the pigs, but... <laughs> They taste so good. It, you know, they do. I like. I can't. I can't not eat them. Yes. Um, yeah, 2016. Okay, because we went down there two years in a row, and that, that's what the the conferences get. They get mushed together for yeah. me, and I've I've a hard time remembering which one happened to which one. The same thing happens with like uh, youth camps. Yeah, it's like you go to the same spot for seven years. I yeah. can't. I can't remember who came to which camp. And right. What, you said that where? Like, right. Yeah. Right. But anyway, yeah, and then I, uh, I was I was Facebooking at one point, maybe how long ago now? Four months ago or so, and I saw you and your wife doing a little like uh, live video talking about like, hey, you know, we're doing this restore thing, and I was like, what is this? Like, I haven't heard anything about it. Like, mm -hmm. that was the first I'd seen was on your Facebook yeah. page. Yeah. Um. So yeah, tell me what 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 are you involved in right now? Or I guess, you know, it's paused obviously. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what's the tell me the story of that thing? Yeah. 
So we uh, we went to Exponential, or I went to Exponential 2016, and I sensed God calling me to plant a church. Mm. And at that time, I just didn't feel like it was appropriate just because uh, it just wasn't the right time. Um, then after that, it was, I think, a couple years later, that's when it actually came to be, okay, like this is something I want to do. This this is becoming more real for me to plant a church. I couldn't shake the bug. <laughs> So um, then uh, basically we, we, we started in a living room, um, our living room, um, 2019. So three years later with um, about seven people. And wow. right. um, here we are. I mean, like it's been a wild and crazy wow. ride. <laughs> wow. So when you say you sense a calling, mm-hmm. this is this is a question I'm I'm so curious about. Yeah, it's for, what does that mean for you? Mm. Like when you say that, how do you know? Like God is calling me to this versus, oh, I I just have this idea and I'm going to do it. Like, how did you make the decision? It's like yes, this is God leading me to do this thing. Mm. Yeah, I'm, that's a that's a really good question. I think. Um, at that up until that point in time, I was a pastor and I was, I was an associate pastor for about eight years. And it, you know, I had a, a really great time in each of the roles I was in, uh, from youth ministry to um, missions, uh, millennial ministry hmm. uh, with young families. This is local. This is all local. Okay. All, all in Fremont. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so my first pastor was. Um, it was funny. It's a predominantly African American church. It was an all black church. I was like the only nice. Chinese there, and nice. <laughs> it was, it was repping, you know, Chinatown, and yeah. it, was, it was a lot of fun there. <laughs> and that was right out of seminary. So uh, after that, then it was like mostly predominantly Caucasian church, and okay. people are like, "Lita, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Yeah, I just can't make up my mind. You know, <laughs> I just don't know what's going on with myself. Identity crisis here." <laughs> So I think in both of those churches, I, I, there's a lot of things I took away, a lot of things I learned. But then yeah. what really I, I, I understood most about myself during the, the eight years was um, a desire to to lead an organization, um, to preach, desire to yeah. uh, shepherd and guide, um, and to um, reach the lost. And so I think each year that passed in, in, in the previous pastorates, um, I learned, I, um, I learned a lot from God. And when I say that my calling, it, um, I really, what I, well, I guess what I mean is um, a part of it is this unshakable feeling that mm. I need to do this. Yeah. That you wake up and you're like, yeah, I, this is something I, I, I feel in my heart, a strong pull towards. Um, and then I checked with my mentors. I had a group of mentors that knew me various time from two to 15 years and they all um, three years ago they were like no that's not the right timing so mm. I said that's when I met you at Exponential right um, that's when I first started wondering should I plant a church um, like for real and yeah. my mentor's like no that's not the right time and then interesting when, so when, let me pause you there yeah what what's the how do you weigh that um, well, at I, that I guess, time I had just started a, a pastorate okay so it was a, I was in a new pastorate as an associate guy and then there, and there's like, I, I didn't feel right. Like it was, need, like, I was like a year into it or two more, years into need it. Need more street credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I can't just like, <laughs> hey, what's up? And then like, oh, I'm out of here, like to plant a new church. So, uh, okay, I, okay. I, I didn't think that was appropriate. Okay, 
So but then you, after but you kind of knew like that's that's where I'm going. That's yes. Happening. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So then I gave it, I gave it three years. Yeah. And then after three years, I um, then I went back to my mentors, um, you know, with the leadership of the church and uh, at least with my mentors, as I got the blessing with from them, they're like, okay. yeah, like, you know, you you you, we sense the timing is right for you too. Yeah. So um, that's kind of when you know the community affirmed it. Okay. Um, and then I went through assessment. So there was like this long three-day grueling process of my wife and I just being grilled <laughs> by a panel of people. Which organization was that? Uh, we went through an organization called Next Gen. It's uh, okay. It's yeah. A, it's an affiliation. It's a uh, Baptist connection, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. Correct. Next Gen. I mean, I'm not. I didn't grow up Baptist. I grew up charismatic. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'm, it's more of just this is a organization that I, I really did appreciate. Um, it really fits that season. Uh, that we're in right now so yeah yeah okay so then you and then they give you the uh the blessing yes to yes go. they give us the green light it was uh it was nerve-wracking <laughs> um prior to that the week prior to that i was um invited to preach in the country's largest presbyterian church so I was speaking in front of like 7,000 people. It's kind of ridiculous. Dang. Way above what I really ought to be <laughs> on a stage for. Like I have no business on that kind of platform. Once you hit like 2,000, it's just a lot of people. Yeah, like well, it, you know. well it just, it's just black. It's just all dark. Like yeah. You, you know, because you just look out. It's like an abyss. You're like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll just preach. I'll just read off the teleprompter over there. Oh, man. So that was crazy. And that's a whole other like story in itself. But right. that was the week before. But I wasn't nervous for that that much. I was really nervous, and I was in Tennessee, uh, okay. but I was really nervous in front of assessment. Like I was preaching yes. in front of like I think it was six people. Right. Like one of them was like, you know, the psychologist, and one of them was like this <laughs> church planting like, oh, uh. level fifty wizard. You know, and another <laughs> one was like this, you know, uh, some like you know director of some large organization. I was more oh, nervous man. preaching in front of those six people than I was in front of a, an yeah. auditorium of, of people. Well, that's every guy's fear is being identified as an idiot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so if it yeah. were ever to happen, it's those guys. That's that true. Do that's true. Yeah. I guess you could hide behind the blind lights. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. And eh, none of these people know me anyway. Exa- exactly. Know. Exactly. I'm flying back to the bay after this anyway. Yeah. Man. And so then from there, you, you, okay, I'm going to go start a church. Like, what, what do you do? Oh, like, yeah. What's yeah. the. No, good question. What what are the steps there? I'd oh, absolutely. So I think I'll I'll share like at least like traditionally or what is like the best practice yeah. is what they teach you. Like here at Resonate, you know, like you know, Ryan Kwan and a bunch of people took a group of people and they were sent out from a mothership. Yeah. I think Bridges was that church at that time. Yep. So I mean I think what you'd want and what you hope for is a you have a sending church. Yeah. And they chop off I don't know, 15, 30 people and say, yep. here's some people, here's some resources. Right. Go and do this. Go get them. Go get them. Um, I, I think for us, you know, we were in a little bit of a different situation. I think for us, it was more like I made it known that I wanted to plant a church. And then at that time, um, you know, this, the, the church I was a part of, they were like, well, you know, we just don't really see that in our vision as a part of like what we want to be about. Hmm. So then you know, the transition was rather swift yeah and then so i was kind of left well here here we are and um not quite um the best like situation to plant because i i wasn't like oh yeah i had like a 
a big group of people and we were able to go off and you know right. do something together it was more like okay more like scrabble and yeah. <laughs> like yell at god like god what is happening here like yeah. i thought you know you gave me this vision and this is what you wanted and why <laughs> is this happening and and so it was it was a really rough time um i i learned a lot in that time i and i still love and i and i i still um like speak highly uh, of the church house and i had that pastored at yeah uh, because i learned a lot i learned a lot from the staff I learned a lot from the people i had really good experiences there um but i definitely was um in this for my situation i was in a scramble yeah and trying to um trying to start something new while i wasn't exactly like the timing for me wasn't ready so right. what I did was I just said, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to plant a church. And I, I promised, you know, I'm not going to, you know, approach anyone about it. Right. And so um, seven people um, came up to my wife and I said, hey, like we, we want to be a part of what you're doing here. Wow. And so we had our first meeting uh, in January 2019 in our living room. Okay. So that's a year and uh, a year and six months. No. Yeah. Not year even and four months. Year and four months. Uh, Sixteen months total. I've I've lost track of time. All time. Yeah, I know. I've, I know. Shelter in place is totally a wild thing. I don't even know where I am. It's, <laughs> it's been five years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so you, your wife, and then seven other individuals or mm-hmm. families or uh, like what's they the... were all young adults, all okay. millennials so at the time. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> we're just like let's do this. I mean, we so. Yeah, uh, I fundraised at that time. I, I, okay. I put together like a vision night, and uh, <clears throat> that's when um, we we were able to get um, some funds from family and friends, from some organizations. Yep. Uh, Creekside up in San Leandro uh, with Pastor Jeff Bruce. Yeah. Um, they committed um, you know a couple thousand a month to us. That's you know, awesome. For two years. Yeah. And so, in a time where I was really afraid, in a time where I was really questioning god right uh he really came through i mean i had a mortgage family yeah and so uh, well, that, that's really kind of my next turn yeah yeah <laughs> is like the i want to get to that so yeah. like the personal impact of like what does this look like yeah for you as a person yeah but yeah keep going with the restore story yeah 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 so uh um that's kind of the direction i mean so we just started meeting and uh when we when we met in the living room, we we're like, okay, this is this is here we are. Like, we're, we're, let's do this. So, yeah. uh, through the course of the year, um, we, um, you know, did I, we basically talked about uh, what it really means to you know be a disciple of Jesus, to be you know be in love with God. Our the vision of our churches or the name of our church is Restore Twenty Two. Yeah, uh, we named that way because it's named after Matthew Twenty Two: Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Ah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. So that you know, we, we just believe that um, you know our greatest longing isn't met in career or family or relationships or what you can accomplish. It's it's met in loving God. Yeah, and I think all else will flow from that. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. So you you went you started in in, in the the living room. Yes. And then when it, when I became aware of you, you're doing like a, a monthly right? Uh, right. Or a, what's the What's the status of that? Yeah, so um, definitely being affected by this whole. Um, this tell is me, tell me this about is it. really tough for us because we were we we said we'd spend a year just yeah. building our core, just basically um, investing in um, our core uh, spiritually, 
so we can grow um, our spiritual understanding and yeah. love for one another and for God. Um, and then we said, after a year, we'll start facing more outward. Okay. And so that's this literally this past January, a few months ago, is when we, you know, leading up to January, we had a number of events yeah. that would really reach the community. You know, we threw um, a Thanksgiving brew. We had 50 people come out. Uh, that basically just ate turkey and drank and we had a great time at the house. So it was yeah. a block party with my neighbors, you know, people inviting friends, friends of friends. Um, and then we threw like a Christmas gathering, okay. a worship service. Yeah. And so that was this past Christmas. We had about 70 come out to that. Yeah. Um, and then in January, between January, February, March, we started monthly gatherings to get ready for weekly gatherings. Okay. And in, in the monthly gatherings, uh, we had in the 30s and 40s. It kind of settled yeah. in the 30s and 40s after the first opening. That's a core. And and yeah. that was, we're hoping, yeah. And then this all happened. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. we, we definitely had a, okay, so we were in the process of building something. Yeah. And before it really got off the ground, we had to put a halt to it or at yeah. least pivot. So for us, you know, even if we pivot to online, um, you know, it's still not going to be quite the same. Um, yeah. We're not an established church where we have a group of members that are already committed to being right. a part of a church family right. in a small group or whatever. Uh, we were reaching people that were like very far from God or at least like, you know, my neighbors or like, you know, yeah. people at the gym or people at the bar. I would go to the bars and just play music and meet people and invite yeah. them. So these kind of guys who were very already not committed were coming and yeah. so when we stopped the the monthly gatherings that's when we you know it's like okay we have to make it make some decisions here how to continue to be outward facing even in the midst Man. of pandemic yeah what does that look like then for you what is, what is your what are you guys doing right now right now it is it's a it's a lot of prayer number one <laughs> it's a lot of prayer it's just it's like god uh yeah it's a lot of time like just pleading with god god settle my heart you yeah. know help me to trust in you help my unbelief yep i think that's number one uh i think it's also just like personally for me it's finding new ways to reach people so yeah. i spent a lot of time in 2019 uh, like i said at the gym at a bar at the coffee shop doing Bible studies, yep. meeting new people. Um, and so now I can't do that because the gym, the bar, the coffee shop are all closed. Yeah, right. So I, I walk the streets. I just walk down my neighborhood. I live a few minutes from here. Yeah. So I walk the streets and I, um, my wife and I hand out flyers. So we put flyers under people's doormats and say, hey, <laughs> this is our church. Um, we'd love to buy groceries for you. Um, or if you need um, prayer, you know, well, we'd love to give you that kind of support or encouragement. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've met people through that, just handing out flyers under their doormats um, for Easter. Um, I um, had my team do the same thing with their neighborhoods. Okay. So then my team was doing the same thing, but with little chocolate bunnies. <laughs> so we'd put chocolate bunnies. We'd sanitize them, of course. And, yeah. You know, put chocolate put, bunnies. Put them in uh, the shade. At, <laughs> in the shade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, people open their door. It's like, oh, wow. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> so they had these, uh, you know, we're, we're basically, we are doing it or modeling it, and then we're encouraging our team to follow suit. Yeah. So it's it's stuff like that we're trying to do, and then obviously online, it's you know the different ways we're trying to be a presence online with yeah. social media, with uh, you know online streaming uh, worship gatherings. Um, I'm not too good with that, so I'm I'm learning. I'm behind the <laughs> curve on that, so right. I'm I'm learning. 
that's one thing that blows me away about the tech setup uh it resonate it's just like how did like I, not everyone knows all that but there's like a couple guys that like they actually know how to set up a network and a streaming system and right like how to record video that doesn't look like trash that we could send out like it's it's wizardry to me the whole yeah. thing is just crazy oh, all, yeah. all i know is like what i could do on my phone and like iMovie <laughs> me and you both man iMovie yeah that thing is that's basically the extent of my tech but it, it's a it's a subject that's been swirling around here a lot is just like you know a lot of us are so conditioned to see the church and ministry as a, a, a building bound, gathering bound, you know, kind of thing. And it's almost, and I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but it, but it's almost like people think like, oh, since we can't do church, like God's kind of taking time off too. And that's absolutely, I mean, when you say that out loud, you're like, no, okay, this is ridiculous. Um, he's still working. Like his perfect will will go forward. He's not sweating Corona. Like this, it's not. It's not like he's he's not sitting up there. You know, people who listen to this have heard me say this before, so they're probably sick of it. But like he's not he's not sitting in heaven thinking like, oh man, I had a plan. <laughs> but shoot, like this, Dang this, it. this six this Corona thing happened. <laughs> man, I just can't do it now. Mm-hmm. Okay, well we'll try in the summer. And like that's no, he's. He's wor- he's working through you with your neighbors, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at at our own like metrics online, from what I understand, is there's there's a lot of people tuning in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually watching sermons and seeing teaching and all that, uh, who actually wouldn't probably even come here on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, or or family members of people who won't go to church with them, but they're stuck at home, right, listening to sermons and overhearing their small groups over zoom right you know and, and right. there's i'm hearing a lot of uh just a lot of things come out of that i know of two kids in my ministry who've gotten saved during this time wow, wow. and you hear like through the grapevine <laughs> like at least two that's just two that have texted us and said right. hey my daughter accepted christ on yeah, sunday it's beautiful we're just like okay so god's not taking a break mm-hmm. Ne- mm-hmm. neither is the devil by the way right but god is for sure not taking a break right and yeah, I love that. Don't let the oh, we're not established thing mm-hmm. like stop you from being used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, mm-hmm. kill it. Um. So, what's the? Obviously, this is going to put a hitch in your get along as far as like that traditional <laughs> style yeah. goes, though. Right. Um. What are, What are you thinking? Will be like the next turn, like once. Like we were saying before, they're not just going to say, all right, back to normal, go. Right. Right. Like there's going to be a phasing in and out. Like what are you thinking strategy-wise as far as kind of reigniting momentum for you? Right. Uh, it's still throwing a lot of things against the wall right now. None of this is, I mean, I know for sure. These are things I'm just thinking through and chewing through as possibilities. Yeah. So if I say it, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's just more like these are things I'm thinking through. But, no, you know, people, ideas. People listen to this know that for sure. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so things that things that I like that, that I've heard, uh, you know, something like, um, so maybe if we start reopening, then I think for us at least, 
we were so small to begin with. You know, like when we like had our monthly stuff, it was like what thirty in the thirties and forties. So I don't know how that impacts us when the state comes out with this, you know, drops the number of regulations and right. stuff. I think for us, um, probably try to utilize small groups. And so maybe I'll do some kind of streaming thing on Sundays. Yeah. And then through that, um, have people meet in home groups and, okay. and they can, they can, you know, follow the teaching there and then interact with each other and have them, sh- you know, share a meal. So that's when things start letting up yeah. as far as regulations go. Um, I mean, that's just one thing I'm thinking through, mm. you know, um, another one, you know, just, you know, could be, uh, just keeping, um, keeping the, the streaming going, but then really relying heavily on the, the midweek gatherings so that right. they're, they're still gathering in people's homes. And so, you know, um, yeah. I'm open to all, whatever it takes for that community and fellowship to keep happening. Yeah. There was, there was a week, like the, the week it like hit America, and then the next week is when like the shutdown happened. So there was kind of like this weird week in between mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where we didn't do we didn't do service here, but there was a lot of like house church yeah. stuff that happened. Yeah. A lot of people said, "Okay, we can't do the you know eighteen hundred people, yeah, but let's do the thirty, yeah, you know." And and so I think that that's probably going to happen at some point yeah. until you know what I, I mean until maybe they hit 200 yeah then we could do church here right i, I don't know it's in a lot of ways it's not up to us it, right in, in any sense of the word <laughs> right it's not it's out of our control we can't control anything it's totally out of our control yeah well man i i'm yeah i like your attitude about it you're not freaking out <laughs> Oh, trust me, I am. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm freaking out plenty. I am tripping. I mean, I am, I am totally tripping through all this. And I think the only reason I'm like getting by is because I wrestle with God. I bring it to God. It's yeah. like you know the Psalms, right? Yeah. You just shake your fists at the heavens, and you know, like Job, and how he he just you know he just lets God have it. All all his emotions, all his feelings. Yeah. So I think. I am tripping. Um, that's happening. It's just I'm bringing it to God. Yeah. And I feel like in those times, uh, He's able to meet me. He's able to give me calm. He's able to mm. quiet my soul. You know, He's able to meet my anxiety. Um, he's able to to really remind me that He's still in control. That He loves me. Yeah. Using all things for my good. But it's still scary. It's still scary. No, I'm I'm freaked out. I mean, like for me, it's all all three are happening at once. It's yeah, like yeah. it's COVID nineteen. We just had a newborn. It's this yeah. startup. So it's like right. they're all stacked on top of each other. So you know, you're talking lack of sleep. You're talking right. uh, shut off from support systems. You're talking yep. a startup that Man. requires a, a tremendous amount of time and energy. So this is all come crashing at the same time for me right now. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, 2020 will be remembered by many. Yes. <laughs> as that year. Yes. <clears throat> there's this uh there's this thing and as I've been talking to more people about that kind of scenario in their own minds, it, it keeps coming up about um just how our our emotions can be way over here while our our spiritual center is actually 
uh, way over. So it seems like we have two like totally opposing things going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it and I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. I've never mm-hmm. been to seminary or anything like it's that. But I don't think God teaches people stop feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I think even I think of like Job. Yeah. He didn't tell Job like stop feeling bad, Job. Yep. He told him stop questioning my authority, you know. Mm. Worship who I am. Like like that's that's different. And I, I, I go through that right now also. Just my world's all upside down. Mm. And I'm mm. just grumpy about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you still know who God is. Yeah. You still trust him. Yes. I, I still think you know what you're doing. Yes. I don't, I don't like this, but I love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like they're, they're, they're very different, but they seem to go together very well. Yes. If, if, if the gospel is real. Yes. Like that's possible. Yes. If it's not, then we're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a weird time, though. It is. It is. Uh, I, I think this is a time where, kind of like we were seeing with Job, one of, one of the themes is this guy who's shaking his fist at the heavens and yelling, Why, God? Why me? Why, why, why? Right. Better for me not to have been born. Why, why? And, mm. and then what God comes through in the final chapters in this whole storm and yeah. self-revelation thing, it's it's the answer of who. So yeah. he, he answers with, you know, who I am as God. And yep. I'm still trustworthy. I'm still righteous in the face of unrighteousness. Right. So I think for me and all of us, it's it's we're having that question shift from like, why God? And God is showing us who he is yeah. through this crazy time we're all in. Yeah. That's that's honestly my prayer for this mm-hmm. in a lot of ways that I would actually see him differently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. know him differently. Mm-hmm. That you mm-hmm. know, uh, yeah. on the scale of issues, I've had some in my life. You know, I've, I've had some rough times, but nothing on like this world-altering level. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is new turf for right. a lot of us, right? Right. Um, and so a lot of the 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 things that are in the Psalms and it's just these heavy duty, like mm-hmm. they're talking about my country is under threat of, mm-hmm. you know, this army that's coming toward me. Like yeah. just that kind of dread. I think a lot of us are actually learning to connect somewhat more. Yeah. Yep. And yep. like, Oh, okay. So this is what it's like for yep. my entire life to be under this threat mm-hmm. and to, for God to still be who he is. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love what you're saying about that. I, I just taught on that um, on Psalm 47 a couple of Sundays ago. There's a part in the psalm that goes, you know, you bring desolations to the earth. You bring desolation to the city. Yep. And and then it follows that somewhere down the line with be still and know that I am God. Yes. So there's yes. So there's this, you know, group of people or, or pop, pop population that's like, you know, this is, you know, God's not here. God's absent because this is happening, but you know I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to answer the question why this is happening because I think there's there's ten thousand as John Piper said there's ten thousand reasons right. why this is happening. Yep, could be mercy, could be judgment, could be uh, you know refining. You know it could be it's 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 uh, there's a million reasons why. Yep, but uh, there's this whole aspect of be still and know that I am God. Yeah, through it. Yeah. And if you and I can come out the other side closer to God, 
then I think this is a time that is worth going through. Yeah. The, the hard part is to learn how to thank him ahead of time. Yeah. For the thing that sucks right now. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, yes. I think that's, that's just that maturity of faith. Yes. Battle hardened. Like, we've been here before. <laughs> We're going to make it. Yeah. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so, man, I, I'm, I'm interested to know more about, like, just you as a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I'll, I'll ask you to rewind the whole tape and tell mm-hmm. me your entire life story. Sure. Which is typically the, the what, I, what I do. But I, I just love to know, like, the highlights of, of your own uh, testimony. Like, mm-hmm. so just the major elements that have gone into making you. However, how old are you? I don't, I don't I'm 37 this year. Oh, we're identical age. That's oh, great. cool. Hey. 37 this year. Right on. And it, so what's gone from making you from whoever you were to... The guy you are today. Hmm. I would say there's three lo- uh, defining events for me. Yeah. Uh, so the first was in seventh grade. I grew up in East San Jose, and uh, born in Oklahoma, but we moved out here okay. for uh, some. Oklahoma. Work. Yeah, I know. My wow. dad was a Sooner. He came from China. Actually, came from Hong Kong, um, and Taiwan, and then came here later on. Wow. Uh, but he was. Um, studying um, engineering out at OU, got a job here in Silicon Valley in the 80s. Okay. So then that's where I grew up in East San Jose, uh, kind of in a rough part, and just got in a lot of trouble. Uh, I was a violent kid, hmm. and I got suspended from school. I was in a lot of fights. Then my mom um, uh, brought me to church, and uh, I used to tell people I'm a drug baby because my mom drugged me to church. <laughs> so I was getting there in the charismatic church. It's called River of Life in San Jose. It's still there. Yeah. It was a church plan and it's huge and it's a beautiful, beautiful family of, 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 of people that love God. And there uh, I basically was this, like this kid that hated people and was mean and was violent and someone was praying for me. And for some reason, I somehow I felt God's arm wrap around me as they were praying for me mm. uh i was slain in the spirit uh, whatever you know however you want to interpret that i fell you know i, I was a, as a kid huh. and um how old are you i this? was 12 i think okay and then on the ground i just kept crying and crying because i was sensing god was saying you don't have to fight anymore i'll fight for you wow and uh i got up that day and i felt like a very almost like a very different person and um, the weeks ensuing, people around me were like, what happened to you? Because oh. I, I was a kid that was like picking fights with people. And I was, uh, you know, East San Jose, you, you have to have, um, you have to be able to, you know, front people if you, oh, yeah. if you don't want, the, if you want them to leave you alone. So uh, people were like, what happened to you? Like, you're just not the same guy. And so that's when um, I would say kind of the big first turning point wow. happened. So you're down in. The Alum Rock McKee, yeah, that yeah. that zone. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I worked on an ambulance in that area. For oh a while. man, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I'd say, um, then what? Then I became a part of a church, um, church ministries, uh, volunteered throughout high school, college. But then um, I had like this moment where uh, I was, I had asthma. I have asthma, hmm. and um, I've been. There was uh, at, at the church, and these speakers would come and say, "God will heal you of your asthma. He'll heal you of your disease." And 
And so I would believe that and I would keep praying for it and it wouldn't happen. Mm. I'd go up to random people on the street and say, hey, God would heal your, like say, I saw a guy in a wheelchair just walked up to him, hey, God will heal you if you believe. So can I pray for you and pray for them and it didn't happen. Mm. So as I, I think I was like, what, 17 or 18, um, I just felt really destitute. and like, God, you don't exist anymore. One night I just kind of threw up my hands. I was like, you don't exist. And I wept myself to sleep. I literally just cried and cried and cried until I fell asleep. Grieving. Um, thinking all my life was a waste, a sham. Right. You know, uh, you know, whatever happened the years prior was just fake. And then uh, my friend calls me at two in the morning and he said, hey, I just had a dream, Lita, that you were weeping. What's going on? Hmm. I was like, wow, that was for me. Weird. Was God saying, I got you. I'm right here. I haven't, I haven't left. You hear that so often. It was wild. Wow. Absolutely wild. So that was, um, huh. that was the second. And then the third defining event for me uh, was a little later. Um, I had, you know, turned back to God. Um, and, and, and it was probably, you know, early college then when um, I, I sensed God was, was kind of calling me into just a more personal relationship with him. Yeah. And so I, I had got wrapped up in a lot of stuff. I got wrapped up into like, playing pool all the time. I went to Cal State Hayward, so I was playing pool there all <laughs> nice. the time. I was obsessing over weights um, and gym and image, uh, pornography I was heavily into. And then uh, he was like, I want you to fast, and I want, I want you to fast um, 11 days. And so they're like, okay, like, Dang. You know, I guess. <laughs> like, that wasn't something I've done before ever, but okay. <laughs> 11 days. Yeah, well, I was in the shower, <laughs> and I was like, how long do you want me to fast for? He's like, 11. I was like, oh, 11, that's easy. I can fast for 11 hours. And, and, I, and I sensed him say, like, no, I want you to fast for 11 days. So it was in that fast that God started <sighs> to break down each one of those addictions in my life. Wow. And um, after that fast, um, I, I think it's like day seven, um, you know, not eating food. Like I woke up, well, each day instead of eating food, I would read the Bible. Right. And that's when like God's word would come alive to me. Like the book of, book of Psalms and um, other books in the Bible, just, just sp- the words would just spring out of those pages and smack me in the face. Wow. And just fill my heart with this incredible warmth that I've never felt before. Huh. And uh, I think it was like day eight or nine, I jumped out of bed. I was like, I have to do something. I can't contain this love. <laughs> and I jumped on Bart. And I he was like, God, when do you want me to get off? <laughs> and uh, he said, get off now. And I was like, looked around his Fruitvale station. Oh, nice. And I just okay. started collecting cans for, uh, with some homeless people that I met there. And then uh, I would go back from oh. time to time. And, and they would call me the preacher man. Uh, because I would <laughs> ask if I can pray for them and help them collect cans on the side of the road. Wow. So uh, I you know, sold sold a lot of my stuff that I, that I had that I was obsessing with. Um, he broke a lot of those addictions off my life. Wow. Um, and yeah, that that was the third. I would say the third defining moment. And since then, obviously, we had a lot of ups and downs. But um, since then, I'd say that was a big turning point for my faith in God. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's all God doing whatever He wants to do. Yeah. So d- when when would you say you were like officially I was a Christian then? <laughs> like when what's the 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 12-year-old you or I I'd, I'd probably say the 12-year-old me. Yeah. I'd probably say that and then <clears throat> since then I was just kind of vacillate I know kind of 
I would I would kind of throw a fit. You know, that one night I said, God, you don't exist. But I'd yeah. say the 12-year-old me, I did sit down with someone in the church and get baptized around mm. that time. Yeah. And, uh, had a whole confession of faith thing. That's so interesting. Gosh, it, it's a... Uh, it's one of those like yeah god is pursuing you right he is like that's you you didn't do that (laughs) oh yeah that's all god (laughs) that's all god (laughs) yeah and i you know just one element of my story is similar because i i would say that there's there was one one major defining moment was over a breakfast and i i was i went to breakfast like uh, thinking God is uh, is fake. I don't think he's real. I think Jesus might have been real, but I think he was just a crazy dude. And people just made up all this stuff about him, and you know, it grew into what it is. And that that's kind of what I thought. And people that believe that are idiots. That's that was my showing up to breakfast, and I was talking to this guy named Jared, just about his life, and I was having relationship issues, and. Uh, he seemed to get along with his wife really well. He was just super chill. I was like, so I, I asked him to meet me for breakfast. I'm like, dude, how do you do this? Like, tell me your secret, basically. Which now, looking back at it, that's like the silver platter question that every Christian hopes somebody will ask them. I you know, know right? It's like, how? why are you so different? I know, oh, right? Well, let me tell you. It's, Those you are know. the moments you live for as a Christian. Like, yes, finally. So I gave this guy the, the slowest <laughs> pitch in the world. <laughs> But yeah, he told me like, well, my my wife and I we uh, we organize our life around a mutual pursuit of Christ. Mm, well said, and well said. I had no idea what that meant, <laughs> but I, I loved it. Yeah, like, that was the best thing I'd ever heard. It's like, what is this? Yeah. So he broke it down for me, and and yeah, by the time I left, so I walked in thinking, God's not real, Jesus fake, Christians are dumb, and I left breakfast thinking like, I want Jesus to be God, and I'm gonna follow him. Amen. I wouldn't say I got saved. Yeah. Like it took a little bit longer for me to actually like, all right, I'm in. Right. right. But it was sort of a, the hounds of heaven are after you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a matter of time sort of thing. Yeah. And it's so quick. And it's like, I did not do that. Yeah. Yeah. I did not come to Christ because I'm so wise and smart. And, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was an idiot. I was outspoken enemy. Yeah. And he decided over breakfast to mm. just reach in there and just pop that veil off. Mm. and let me just get a peek at him mm. and that that's there's, there's no looking back that's yeah beautiful there's this illustration that uh, a fireman goes up to this tree and um, a cat gets stuck and so the fireman is called and climbs this tree and the cat's sitting there like, <laughs> like scared and like afraid and mad and scratchy like what cats do and the fireman you know, grabs out his arm and, and, and grabs the cat by the neck and brings him towards him and climbs down back the ladder and gives him back to his family. And so that's kind of like the picture that we are when we're saved. It's like, we're not going to be like the cat and like, yeah, you know, like you and I, fireman, we did a good job together, like getting down that tree. No, not really. God just yanked you out by the yep. scruff of your neck and I clawed at him. The whole <laughs> and I clawed at him while he did it and with all my foolishness. So it's all him, dude. Yeah. And then, so how long ago, what kind of was that, the third turn you were saying? It's like uh, early 20s, I'd say. Okay. And so you spent the last decade or so yeah. figuring out what what this is going to look like. Yeah, I think since that happened, um, I've probably been about 15 years. Yeah. I'd say 
that's that was what kind of got me. That was the inflection point for me yeah. in, in, in my faith. Right on. Then at some point in there, you got married. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it definitely it's a it's a <laughs> it's a gift from God, it's a blessing from God. My wife is, we met in high school. And, oh wow! Uh, okay. So we, I, I was, I had a crush on her best friend <laughs> for three oh, for three it. years, and then and then I came to the light. <laughs> so uh, I I, uh, I do a bunch of music stuff. I, I yeah. write, produce. I taught music for a while, oh. and I and she writes music. So she's like, "Hey, I heard you have a studio." I said, "Yeah." So we recorded music together. This is in college, and um, okay, then I was like, "Yeah, let me." Let me holler at you, girl. <laughs> and put a ring on the thing. Got some hardware. Got married in 2007. Okay. So uh-huh. um, I think we'll be celebrating 13 years in, a, in about a month, month or two. Is that, wow, that's how long it's been since 2007? I think so. 2020. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right? You hear 2007, you're like, oh, yeah, yesterday. Dang it. I was that's making <laughs> breakfast. No. That's right. Yeah, it's 13 years ago. Exactly. Oh dang! Yeah, I feel that way too. When I hear when I hear that word, that number, it doesn't feel like that. Because I remember two thousand seven. Yep. Like I was here. Yep. I have conscious visual. Yep. Like oh shoot, me and you both. You know what bugs me? Here, here's a little sidetrack. This <laughs> is uh, I started teaching kids at uh, my old church in I think it was '08. Was the first time I like started working with kids, and that was third through fifth grade. Third, no, third through sixth grade. And that means that there's some of the kids I taught in sixth grade are now like twenty three. Oh yeah, they're millennials. Twenty two, like they're getting married. Right, they're coding at Facebook. And I yep. was like, oh no, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel really old. Yep, really old. Yep. Oh, and you you don't realize how old you are to you like, like they start making movies uh-huh. that are set in times that right. you remember, right? As if it's like a cute old thing, right, right, right. Like what the heck? No, Dial no. up internet. No, 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 no. Wait, <laughs> the old cell phones that flip open. With oh the yeah. yeah, hello, <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> yeah, Tank, get us out of here. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, man. They could never do the Matrix now. There's no phone booths. Nope. There's no hard lines. Where are you going to get a phone? You're not getting out. When's the last time you saw a phone with a cord Once in a you're wall? in, you're stuck for good. Hmm. Well, what were we talking about? Um, church planning. Amen to that. Your your story. I'd love to know some of your, just the the emotional roller coaster behind actually starting a church. Oh, God. Yeah. Because you're, you're, Full-time as a minister, uh, you're married, and then you're going to take this big step. And we kind of went over that, but I'd, I'd love to just get inside your head. And like, what is the, what's the thought process there? Mm. Um, you know, because it, it's a scary thing to think of doing. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, it's right in there with like, a startup business yeah. or something yeah. like that. Well, it is a startup. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But, I mean, just the, yeah, what, I mean, what goes through your head mm-hmm. while, you, while you're planning that thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was one of the, the most frightening things I've done Yeah, is, is leaving an established organization to try to start something. 
And I think one of my mentors, so when I was speaking out in Tennessee, I met the founding pastor of that church, and he became my mentor. And so we've been mm. in talks um, through the year and a half now. But he, he gave me a saying. He's like, well, you know, he's a church planner. He planted a church with 30 people. Now, they, you know, in the Haiti, they had 10,000. Now they've settled at 7,000. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, well, as a church planner, you're, you know, you're, uh, you have giant balls because you think people care about you. You think people care about what you have to say, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever you want to, you know, offer. And so, you know, church planners have giant balls. They walk around with giant balls. And so what I add to that is I add, yeah, you got to have giant balls, but then you get kicked in the balls every single yeah. day. <laughs> you got to take the damage. You, yeah. You take, you take the hits because you, like when I started this thing, I was like, yes, God, um, I'll do this. Like, I'll let's let's do this. Let's let's go. Let's yep. leave this. Let's start something new. Yeah. And let's reach the lost. Let's let's just be out there. And people were just like, screw off. You know, like ninety nine percent of the people I was talking to. Yeah. Like, nope. no. Good like, luck. I, yeah. Like, yeah, that's great for you. Good for you. Wow. But, you know, I was trying to spend my time, um, my energy, my efforts. Um, finances resources with people that are far from god and uh it was and it is still very tough because the majority of people just don't care right especially if in the bay area you're talking yeah three to five percent churched so church planning here has been extraordinarily difficult that's one question i wanted to ask you yeah like why why here yeah you know because you could the scenario you're painting, you, you could have actually gone anywhere, yeah, right? So yeah. what what kind of made you stick around yeah, and try yeah. it here? I had to wrestle through that, my wife and I, um, and, and through assessment and all that, and through coaching. Um, you know, I grew up here. I grew up in the Bay yeah, uh, between East San Jose and Fremont. So I really had a heart for this place. And uh, and I feel like, like they call it the whole Esther thing, like such a time mm-hmm. as this, right. such a time as this. That, that's where... God's brought me to this point to be raised in this area so I can speak to yeah. the demographic of this area. Um, I think that um, Fremont specifically, yeah. Fremont is, I think the last time I checked um, out of the evangelical pastors here in the city, maybe around 50 churches, give or take, evangelical churches. Yeah. I think something that the numbers show there were only about 20, 25% were Asian American yep. out of the pastors. So I was like, well, I do think that me being Asian American can also, you know, I think we need more Asian American voices, yep. you know, in, in the ministry and evangelical um, America. Um, so I think that was one driving factor to stay here, yeah. um, to just be that voice, because I don't think that was represented in, in my city. Um, and I think another reason is just because I, I grew up here, I, I feel like a, I understand, or at least to some degree, understand the ethos, the DNA, the culture, yeah. you know, the demographic. Albeit, it changes every day, and it changes rapidly. Yep. Um, I think having a heart and a passion for this place really, um, and you know, my family's here, my my in-laws are here, friends okay. are here, so um, that all lends itself to me being wanting to stay here. Some people would call you crazy. Most people do. 
for most people do <laughs> honestly trying. like I, I think what i'm doing is crazy too i'm not i'm not like <laughs> ignorant to, i'm not ignorant to the fact that i'm crazy i feel yep. like i am you got to be a little crazy to try to start something like from scratch yeah especially with a mortgage and a family and all yeah. that i think you yeah. got to be a little crazy yeah i think the past <laughs> the past year like 2009 the past 16 months god has taught me three major lessons mm. um in in what i'm doing write this down um I wrote it down actually because I, I was you eager. Did. I'm like eager to share this part. Yes. I felt like, you know, I'm not I'm like I'm not that church planning guy. Be like, this is how you do it. Yeah. I have you know we started with ten and now look at we have seven hundred people like listening. <laughs> I think my my speaking voice is like, like this is what I've learned in sixteen months. You know, sixteen months. So yeah. whatever that means, but Dude. this is something that God's done in my heart. Unload it. Let's go. Uh, for me, He's taught me something that my mentor Craig Strickland said. Um, this is the Tennessee guy. He said, um, if if uh, th- at this point, like my marriage is really struggling. It was like month four, month five. Mm. I was arguing with my wife a lot. I was feeling so much bitterness and stress. Yeah. And it was a really tough time. And uh, this is something my mentor said. He said, you know, if you, if you, um, f- if your church plant fails, but your marriage goes close, grows closer to each other. Huh then you've succeeded. That's good. I'm like, that, that like, that was like a paradigm shift for me. Cause here I am, I'm, I'm like trying to, in order to get this organization built, I'm like barking at my wife. I'm like, we need to do this. Yeah. You need to do what I say. You know, we need this, this, and this oh, to happen, man. this event to happen. You need to come with me to this meeting. We need to host this block party. Like, like I was turning into like Gestapo here. I was like, <laughs> super listen, pastor. <laughs> exactly. Listen, woman. Like, <laughs> this is what we're gonna do. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. You're gonna do it. And she's like, oh, hail to the Naya talking to me like that. So that's what that's what was going down. And the stress levels yeah. were through the roof. Yeah. Uh, the way I was treating her was crap. Right. And and my mentor's like, he just checked me. He was like, you need to see this plant not as if your plant succeeds you succeed you need to see this plant as something god is doing in you not through you and so mm. that was number one is um if this church plant fails but my marriage is stronger then i've you succeeded win. number two mm. um he's taught me that i am not what i do i'm not the size of my church so like I'm used to, you know, pastoring at large churches, at, le- at least medium-sized churches, a few in the hundreds. Yeah. And here I am in a living room with like a, a you know handful of people. Yeah. And so I think a lot of my my worth and identity was from like you know the size of my following. Right. You know, just you know prior to this even, you know, I was preaching in you know in Tennessee where it was the country's largest Presbyterian church. So you know they brought me back. You know, I did an inter- went through a round of interviews to be a part of their teaching team, wow. and then after that, I withdrew my candidacy because I was like, you know, this is something that I feel I sense God calling me to do. Huh. So through this past 16th months, as each person in the street, at the gym, at the bar, at the coffee shop says no to me, right? You know, when I invite them to church, I invite them into coffee and relationship, it further reminds me, um, you know, I go to God and God reminds me, you are not what you do. Mm. You are not the size of your church. Mm. You are my child. And that's the only defining meter or metric that matters. It's good. And and he's had to, it, it, but it's come through a lot of rejection. Yep. Like the only way I can learn that is because 
people say no to me like on the regular i, I get rejected as a church planner i basically rejection yep. i eat rejection for breakfast you know yeah. like that's a part of you know and obviously you can only do this for so long before like you just have to close shop right you're like you know <laughs> you can't, i can't be like yeah 20 years later here's lita church planning and being rejected furthermore and like his wife and son are just starving out in the street like right. no there's got to be some strategy and some like you yeah. know go yeah. with some counsel and some you know discernment so i'm not going to be an idiot about this but <laughs> in this at least in the 16th months um trying to start something from scratch yeah. has been um very difficult but it's driving home the second point which is i'm not what i do yep. i'm i am god's kid yep uh, and, th and that's that's another one of those feelings versus truth thing because mm. you, you feel all the all the all those like worldly measurements of success are yes. are kind of opposed to what you're trying to do. You're yes. like I left this shiny thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> even now maybe not worldly but even from a Christian right. measure. Right. Like the 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 success. Right. Tennessee church. Right. To go do this thing that seems smaller right. but it, but in God's eyes you're doing his work which is level. Yes. Right? It's like Yes. My work will be done, whether yes. it's seven thousand or seven. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's happening. Yes, yeah, man. Yes, huh. and then the the third thing that I've learned, or I let God is teaching me through this painful. It's a painful process, by the way. Yeah, it's it it is it's painful, but it's instilling a lot of hope and a lot of conviction. It's like um, some mm. pastor said, success will teach will give you confidence but failure will give you conviction or suffering will give you conviction. Okay. And so that's what I'm going through. I'm going through a lot of conviction right now. God's <laughs> giving me and convicting my heart of a lot of truths. Uh, and the, the third one is this concept of with, not for. And so what that means is I went into ch church planning thinking, God, I'm going to do this for you. Yeah. I'm going to plan a church for you. And a lot of my life, I operated with that word for right the preposition for it's like yeah. i'm going to you know be a youth pastor for you i'm going to you know you know be a right. you know, take missions groups for you for god go on mission for god yeah and i would as a church planner for the past 16 months i would uh walk up to somebody in the gym um you know it's a cold lead right we you know, try to build a relationship with them through the next four right. or five six months and then and then get shot down and that right. would happen again and again and again as i invited them into further you know some would say yes and that's the beauty of church planning is the ones that do say yes it's like it's beautiful yeah. they, they go they come to church my neighbor has showed up you know at our church um people at the gym do 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 come yeah i'm um, just the percentage is very small because we're in the bay area yep um, and i'm sure i have something to do with that because there's ways that i suck too so there's <laughs> there's this whole with um not for where I would go to people and say, God, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. And invite them to the relationship. And then when they say no at some point to coming to church or to being a part of this event, then I'd go back to God and say, God, I thought I did this for you. What what the what the hell? Like what's going on here? I thought yeah. I'm supposed to do this for you. Why are people rejecting me so much? Mm. And um, I do this therapy thing where I, I go to a therapist, it's um called HeartSync, and I sit with this guy. He's in Texas, and he brings me through like this. It's uh, it's therapy, but it's also like spiritual. So we do some prayer in the middle, and in the session, God gave me this picture, and it totally blew my mind. Huh. This picture was um, 
a dad taking out his son to go fishing. And they spend like the afternoon fishing. And at the end of the afternoon, the son looks in the pail and like, we didn't catch any fish. And he starts throwing a fit. <laughs> we didn't catch any fish. Didn't catch any fish. Didn't catch any fish. And dad looks at his boys like, I didn't come in. I didn't bring you out here just to come fishing. I come brought you out here to spend time with you. <laughs> and that was my story of like going out there and into the field to start to plant this church. And I'm like, God, how come everyone's saying no? I'm not catching any fish, not catching any fish. Yeah. And God was telling me, I didn't bring you out here so that you can just catch fish. I brought you out here so you can be with me. Yeah. I can be with you. We can be with each other on mission. And that means yes or no. It, you know, the result is mm. up to God. So this turning point in my mind um, of church planting, of from turning from doing this for God, now I'm doing this with God. Mm. So if I go somewhere, show up somewhere, you know, show up somewhere and just build relationships with people, in my mind I'm thinking, God, I'm doing this with you. So I'm praying while I'm talking to people. I'm I'm more I feel like I'm more aware mm. of, of God's presence in the room as as I speak with people, as I wow. hear their stories. Yeah. I feel like, you know, there's God is you know, in this space with us. So it's a whole for me it's a big paradigm shift of how I see the world and how I see myself. With not for. Yeah. Interesting. The uh, the the for God thing I think can can pretty easily slide into like a God, you're lucky I'm doing this for you. Right. Right. Because <laughs> if I you know if I wasn't here I don't know what you would do. <laughs> you, 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 you right. Like, yeah. Right. It's kind of I I don't I think that's always in there somewhere. There's always you know. <laughs> one percent of me yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> probably more than that yeah yeah me too like oh yeah i'm, I'm pretty awesome yeah oh yeah it's a good thing i'm here mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they'd, they'd be hosed without me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh so there's there's a word you've brought up a couple times that i'd love to dig into a little bit it's, it's this mentor thing you said you had mentors back at the old church you had mentors here you have mentors now i'd love for you to like kind of Kind of define that word in your mind, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then just how how crucial has that been, mm-hmm. and what role has like the influence of those who are ahead of you played in mm-hmm. just what you're doing now? Hmm. Uh, the way I define mentor is uh, people I call when I'm going crazy, <laughs> when I'm tripping. Like yeah. the people I text first, like okay, Ryan Kwan, <laughs> texting. What you do I do right now? <laughs> I think for me, it's the people that um, I trust yeah. and, and the people that um, have some um, invested interest or care, right? They care for for me okay. and, and for the kingdom of God. Yeah. So uh, for me, my mentors are mostly um, older pastors that have just a lot more season, mm. right? Yeah. I have um, a couple guys in their 40s and 50s, a couple guys in their 50s and 60s, and then and then a couple guys that are retired. Okay. And each of those guys, probably, I'd say about six total, that yeah. uh, um, I call depending on the scenario, if I 
need you know help with this area of you know hmm. you know biblical exposition or this area of you know praxis and theology uh, uh, practical theology and pastoral yeah. theology this area of str- you know, strategy and church planning and growth so i think for me um it's been instrumental i mean i i don't have i don't have a formal system of coaching right now yeah i i would not recommend that I would recommend <laughs> any church planner go through a formal system that's like, okay, you have to, you know, call this person by this time. I'm more like kind of like not the good example here. So okay. I will call my guys when, you know, I'll try to do it weekly. Yeah. But there's times where I, I miss it. And uh, I think, you know, uh, the ideal would be a formal system of coaching. Right. Um, but for me in my situation which i'm working to i'm actually i'm actively working to change now which is setting up a more formal system of coaching um but besides that the mentors have have been crucial i i I am i would not be the person i am today without having men in my life that have invested in me yeah that have a lot more season Hmm. so tell me are these people that you have that you pursued? Oh how, gosh! How did these? Uh, how, did these uh, how, how did the arrangements come? It, it, it's 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 uh it's a it's a range. Some of them I've pursued. Some of them I'm, I'm I just bother them, like you know Ryan Kwan. <laughs> I'll text him. I'm like, you need I need to talk. Like please, yeah. you know I don't do it often. Just once in a while I'll do that with him. Uh, sometimes, um, like this guy in Tennessee, he saw me preach at his church, and then uh, he's the one that founded it. He's like, I want to mentor you. So he brought me under his wing, and and yeah. that was one example where I didn't do anything. Right? He just he just invited me into his office. He said, "Let's let's have a relationship." Yeah. And he's flown out here a number of times since then, and he spent time with me and my wife, and wow. and helped us with our church plan, and helped us with fundraising. It's a big you investment know. for a, a, oh, guy, it's huge. a guy like that. Oh, it's huge! It's yeah. it's huge. Craig Strickland has been a wow. huge part of my life with this whole church planning deal and uh yeah he's just an incredible man of god that he's retired uh, and he he he's just an incredible man of god that's invested so much time and uh, resource into this church so i think um yeah half the guys i sought out some of the guys have just said hey like let me take you under my wing there's something powerful about another person who you respect oh, man. sitting you down and saying listen yeah like i i believe in you yeah yeah, maybe not in you, but I believe in who I. Who I <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I, I believe in who I see calling. You. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Like you suck now, but I see something. I, I, see, <laughs> I see something. I see where he's taking it's raw. it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's that's one thing that um, I, I've honestly always uh, struggled with. Yeah, even like to this day, you yeah. know, is is. On both ends of it, just actually like seeking mm. that mm. and asking someone like, "Hey, will you mentor me? Yeah, yeah. Will you pour into me? Yeah." That seems to be just the hardest conversation to have. Yeah. And then I'm I'm just as likely to sit there and be like, "How come nobody's doing that? Like, no one's pursuing me." Right, right. And right. I, that's that's hard too, honestly. I, right. Because I, I would say I I do it for others, right? A lot, right? That that's you know I have you know a good number of people that I'm trying to pursue, yeah. You know, set up time. Hey, what are you doing today? Yeah. What are you doing for lunch? What are you doing 
Can yeah. we hang out? What are you doing next weekend? Let's go for a hike. You know, whatever. Even now. Yeah. Secret. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, having that, and it's like a, it's like a chain. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whoever I'm following, there's someone behind me, and there's someone behind them. It's a little train. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And now, um, how does that look like on on your tail? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you you've got kind of this loose network that you're trying to solidify yeah. above you, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, so who, what, what's behind you? Mm. Like, how's that look? Yeah. It's this church, man. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's this church that we're, tr- we're trying to get off the ground. I think, um, there's a couple guys that, um, are a little bit more, I'm more intentional with in, in the church. Yeah. And, um, then outside of that, there's, um, a small group that I'm trying to get off the ground that's within the church. So that's a little bit bigger. And then there's then the preaching thing. So I think for me, it's um, weekly phone, weekly or biweekly <clears throat> phone calls um, with, a, with particularly this one guy I'm really trying to bring up. Yeah. Um, you know, giving him the platform. So like one, one thing I learned is, you know, church planning is building a platform and giving it away. So he just taught our church this past Sunday. Uh, and, it was kind of scary for me. I was like, <laughs> this is my baby. Like I'm building this and like want to give it to you, you know, to like, yeah. uh, to teach. And he killed it. Like people oh, loved good. him and did a great job. Right on. Uh, he's, uh, he's really smart. He just brought a really sharp and fresh angle to the word that I think, you know, I'm more just kind of like, I'm simple, Jack. You know, like <laughs> I, I put the cookies on the lowest shelf. So, you know, like you no know, Tim Keller for me. I'm just like, right, right. this is how I see it. This is the Bible. This is an illustration. This is my life. Yeah. This is how I do it. But then, you know, he's like this mechanical engineer that's, you know, brings this whole different beautiful way of looking at it. context and different way of looking at it. Wow. So, you know, I, I, I try to spend as much time as I can one-on-one with him. Yeah. But then uh, the small group that I'm trying to start is going to be a little bit bigger, maybe 68 people. And then, yeah, Sunday's teaching. Right on. Yeah, there's, um, I, I've, again, I didn't come up with this, whatever. There's another another talk I heard about how Christ set up his own, like, mentoring yeah. network. Yeah. You know, and how he had the, you know, the thousands that he fed with the yeah. fish and the, okay. And then, but, and of course he's God, so he knows them all. Right. But didn't really spend like quality time right. with everybody. Right. And right. then there's like a, maybe a hundred, a couple hundred people that he spent more time with. Right. Probably spoke to each of them individually at some point. Right. If, if not a good morning, you know, like, right. And then there's like his inner circle, mm-hmm. you know, then, then he's, he's got his like 12 guys, but even within them, they had more. Yep. There's like the disciple that he loved. Yep. And so there's this tier of, uh, relationship yeah it's yeah it's a it's a relationship concentric circles yeah it's like it's gonna get real nerdy but it's like the the electron levels for uh yes. atoms you know yes. like there's only a couple that's around the center yes yeah and it, it's that's comforting in some ways because i think uh a lot of folks in church leadership tend to think they have to mentor the world yeah yeah but jesus only had 12 yeah. really that yeah. he spent all this time with so if if god incarnate can get by with like 12 legit apostles yes i i can do with like six yeah yes. <laughs> that's okay i'm not even half as good as him but i'll, <laughs> I'll do six yes um 
but the, yeah, there's a sending out. Yeah, that that's one thing. So I I, I have a group of high school guys. Mm. And there's like eight guys in that group. Beautiful. And um, that's one of the one of the big things I'm pressing on them now because they're juniors in high school. Yeah. And I said, hey, senior year. Well, now basically summer started, right? So senior year's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. How are you influencing? The other kids. I love how, that. How are you influencing that. the just the group as a whole? Yeah. And I tell them, you don't realize it, but you're, you know, as seniors, you eight guys will actually have more influence in the other hundred high schoolers that meet here. Yeah. More so than I do yep. or, or even our youth pastor does. It's true. It's you guys. It's true. So how cool would it be if the freshman class showed up and each of you went to them and go, hey, I... I I didn't know your name, yep. but I was already praying for you. It's Amen. good to meet you. Like, Amen. welcome to our group. Oh, I love that. And like, that's, anyway, I don't know why I said that. Oh, so it's, the, yeah, it's that second tier. Yeah. It's like, we should be sending them. Yes. And that, that's comforting to know. I don't have to disciple the world. Yes. Because I'm pretty sure at least a couple of these guys will do at least as good as I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, the pyramid grows, right? Yes. Yeah. That's good. I love yeah. that. Um. I'd love to ask you a little bit about preaching. Yeah, uh, you said you, you you like doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're unfortunately. <laughs> that's a, how. Um, do you, so is this a a gift and a calling and an opportunity all converging together for you? Mm. Like how how does preaching fit into your uh, yeah your, your world? Yeah, no, great question. I started um, with giving my testimony in 2004, so I was in college. Okay. And I was just sharing how God changed my life. I think this is around that 11-day fast time yeah. where I was just sharing with people, like, this is what happened. Yeah. Right? This is my testimony. Yeah. And then I was invited to share something like my testimony along with a message at a high school praise night. Mission San Jose High School, actually. Huh. Right over here in 2004. And there was a room full, okay. maybe 200 kids or so. It was like an inter- inner school praise night where they had um, just bunch of high schools come together and so i was that dude that that did that talk and at that night i think during the altar call it was like i'm not exaggerating i really do feel like 60 75 percent of the people stood up like i want jesus in my life and so that was just hugely affirming that they weren't taking rocks and trying to get me out of the auditorium but it was it was it was really moving to see God at work use me that unique way. Yeah. And since then, there's a number of pastors at that gathering. Like then one pastor invited me to his, and one. But then I started flying places. Okay. Uh, then that's kind of where I was like, yeah, like I want to do this. So every weekend I was somewhere around the Bay, going to L.A. Um, Interesting. Got, you know, uh, uh, up to Washington a couple of times. So basically this. This thing just started growing and growing and growing, and I was like, I want to do this. Like, I love, huh. I love, I love sharing. Um, I think one scholar says preaching is the word through personality. Yeah, I love being myself, yeah. and I love yeah. being myself, but with the word of God, so that people can love God more. Yep. So, uh, I think it was. Um, I, I I went to undergrad, then I worked a little bit, no, knowing like. I'm going to come back to, I'm going to be in ministry someday full time. And that's when I, I left corporate America and yeah. seminary. So that, that was my next question. It's funny. You, you, 
You've done that three times. You've answered questions. Holy right Spirit, before. man! He's doing. The, you think you're doing this con- this, this interview? <laughs> uh, so it, educationally, that was that was a chunk that I hadn't put in there yet. So you you went to college for one thing. What was that? Like it was original original college. It was uh, under. It was a major in sociology with minors in business and music. Okay, and then. You flipped <laughs> and you went to, yes, did you finish that or you cut it off? I finished that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I did. I did schooling. Okay. And then I, and then I worked. Okay. And then, then you went to seminary. Correct. Where'd you go for that? Fuller. Fuller. Okay. And that's, um, where is that? That's in Middle, it, Middle um, Park? It's or? in San, uh, um, uh, uh, Pasadena, Fuller. but I went to the regional campus up here in Menlo Park. Menlo Park. I yeah. thought so. Yeah. I, I feel like I remember driving by that a couple yeah. times. Okay. Right on. Um, I had another thought. Shoot. Where'd it go? It's COVID. Where'd it go? Yeah. Blame, blame, uh, on, blame, blame it on COVID-19. Oh, the, the authenticity element. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's um, that's such a big deal right now. Hmm. Everyone, that word is like yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And, and it's like... Uh, even this thing right here, mm-hmm. what we're doing, is like all the all the biggest like radio shows, podcasts are more just like actual conversation, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. scripting, just two people talking, right? And they listen to it for hours, right? And and it seems like from a from a teaching perspective, and I've heard this also is that um, if it seems polished or produced or rehearsed, mm-hmm. then people sort of tune it out. Yes. Because they don't want to just be, you know, another person in the blast. Right. Like, I want you to talk to me. Right. <laughs> and if you're right. not even going to be you. Right. You're certainly not going to talk to me. Yes. And, yeah. So, in incorporating that actually into preaching, mm. the same word that's been around for a couple thousand years, mm. that's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. Are you, or do you tend to be a, a, like, let's go through the Bible from start to finish kind of preacher or, mm-hmm. or do you like to jump around topically? Like what's, what's your kind of style for that? It's probably a fusion of both. Okay. Uh, I Ideally, I think your lion's share of teaching will come from, you know, expository preaching, which you'll bring people from the start of a book to a close of a book. So right. you can really feel the intent of the author and it makes you ask questions that you normally wouldn't ask if you just did topical stuff. But then you need topical stuff too because people have urgent questions. Yeah. So you know, like for example, before all this happened, we were going through my 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 church plan, and I were going through the Book of Ephesians systematically. Yeah. But then this happened, so then I put a stop to that, and I said, let's let's talk about this. Right. So the past four weeks, five weeks, it was about uh, pandemic anxiety, God's yeah. purpose, sovereignty exactly. of God. Right. Um, you know, trust, faith, all that. So then that was more topical. Then now. I'm, after a few weeks of that, I'm bringing us back to a book. We're going to start a Philippian study this Sunday. We're just going to walk through it, expo- you know, um, you know, front to uh, cover to cover. It's a dense book. Yeah, it is. It's rich, <laughs> very rich. Yeah, pick a line. You could do a sermon a week. Right, right, exactly. Each, each verse. Exactly. Yeah, it's heavy. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we did. I think we did a similar. It was trusting God, hoping in God. You know, kind of like calming the 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 fizzle of, yes. of emotion and all that and yes. then this yeah this sunday we're starting a series that's based it's just the attributes of who he is oh cool very cool yeah which i, I think is 
it's good. Yeah. Because that, that's really, when it comes down to it, we, gotta, we have to know he is who he is. Yes. And I think just knowing that actually does bring comfort. And, Absolutely. Yeah. The tricky part is translating what, what he writes into first grade. Mm. <laughs> it's like, ah. Uh, wow. <laughs> Some big words. Doc, yeah. Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like what you do is so special. I feel like being well, able you. to. I feel special. Like, <laughs> well, really, I mean, being able to bring these big, weighty theological you know, doctrine and terms yeah. and ideologies into you know, here's a, you know, here's a box of juice or exactly a goldfish. Like, how do you, dude, I love there's, that. There's some, some things you just, you just got to go around and like, we're, there's no way we're going to make it through that. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of other things. And here's, here's something cool that I've realized with, with the kids is that, um, their, their limitation for understanding biblical concepts isn't really based on like their experience and all that it, it's almost all well that is some but it, it's it's a vocabulary issue and that, that's the the battle we're constantly fighting is I I, see. you can explain some pretty heavy duty concepts to kids yeah if you could just figure out like how to put that puzzle together wow. using these limited pieces that they have yeah yeah putting it in language they understand yeah and they they're surprisingly uh uh what's the word that they they can keep up yeah but it's not easy to to do that a lot of times because you mm. if you say if you say one word that they don't know then it throws the whole thing out you've wow. lost the the trains off the tracks wow yeah even if you just flippantly just say a joke yeah that they don't get yeah yeah they're like, huh? And then you lost it. Damn. Yeah. Like I just, I just said that by accident. Yeah. Like my leaders left because they're grownups. Right. 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 But I just lost all the kids. Right. So there's that thing. But it's. I feel like you have a. There's a very special, <laughs> like calling, and also a really cool thing to be able to. Is it like, <clears throat> distill like like these? Yeah. And just put it plain. Like I love that. I really yeah. love and I respect. And I cherish people that spend time doing that because there's there's a lot of a lot of head around i mean it's like like we live in silicon valley it's like tech engineers you know uh, there's just and i'm not built that way you know i'm not so i i love just simple plain yeah Yeah. childlike it's fun that there's there's no better feeling than you know talking about some kind of old testament story and trying to relate it to Christ and the gospel and how that fits into it. And to actually see like a third grade kid oh, sitting right there and they're, they're like, they, they got it. I love that. They get it. One of my favorite, oh gosh, my, one of my favorite lessons is the David and Goliath. Yeah. Every yeah. kid loves that story. Yeah. But they don't know why. Hmm. And so we're, we're teaching them and uh, every, everybody is going to teach that story and by the end of it the big idea the big takeaway is right. like i can do anything too yeah <laughs> just like david yeah no <laughs> that's not the point because mm. because i'll ask him like what do you huh so goliath is really big he's really scary mm. he could probably beat david mm. you know 
man, is there is there something in your life that's actually like really big mm. and really scary that you could actually never beat mm. if God didn't fight for you? What is mm. that, kids? And then they're like, oh, sin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you see them get it. Now it's to the point where they're like, sin. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know, it's sin. I'm like, yes, thank you. Love it. You have nowhere to put that yet. I love it. Life, life will give you tons of context for all of these things yes. that we're teaching you, but, yes. but as long as you know that. Yes. It wasn't because David was so great. Yes. Don't go try to fight every giant thinking, right. oh, I, I'm, I'm a Jesus person. I can do anything. That's right. not it. No. Right. God beat that giant. He beat sin. Amen. And, Je- and, and David was the pointer of Jesus. I mean, the whole story, this whole representation of Jesus is the one who defeats sin and on our behalf. Yeah. There's a powerless people group, the Israelites, who's going to defeat this giant. Exactly. David steps up to the plate and it's it's foreshadowing Jesus. Boom. And they're, they're getting that. That's fun. I love that. That is so fun. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's why I miss it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm dying right now. Man. Like... Doing the video is okay. Yeah. But there's there's nothing, you know, standing there and having all you know, the kids all sitting there in front of you, yeah. you know, face to face. You you look in their eyes and say, Kids, God is real. Yeah. Like yeah. he loves you. Yeah. It, you just can't you can't replace that. Nothing replaces that. Nothing. And a lot of them are old enough to know, like, oh, my parents are supposed to say that. Right. <laughs> like right. this is why the village thing is a <laughs> it takes a village to raise a child for yes. a reason. Yes. Anyway, um, what what's your hard stop today? What what time are you? I'm okay today. I have I'm to get a, out. I'm fine. Okay, I sort of have one. I'm I'm kind of still working technically, yeah. but um, one more subject sure. I want to bring up sure. is uh, the whole survival of marriage in ministry thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I you don't have to go into like word for word, yeah. like oh arguments we've had yeah. or whatever, but. I'm just curious for for anyone listening, you know, um, just advice or just experience. Like, how how do you actually? Because and it, it's a subject I've heard a lot is the tension yeah. that marriages have under any ministry involvement, yeah. let alone planting. Yes. yes. Um, what do you do? Yeah. Because you're still married, so yeah. <laughs> up, up I have until, to remind myself of that sometimes. <laughs> up, <Crap>. until, <laughs> up until today, you, you're still in it. So, yeah, what, what, what's gotten you through 13 years, even, even amidst the pressures? Or what are the pressures, I guess? And then yeah. what have you done to kind of stay on the tracks? I think when I was a pastor of a large organization, the, the, there was a lot, a lot of pressure, but it was different. The pressure was just to minister to my wife and see her as my first ministry. That's something that I've learned. Yeah, that's good. There's so much ministry to be done. It's endless, right? You always have an email to write. You always have a family in crisis. You always have a a teaching that you want to put together or something you want to prep or a coffee you want to have. Always. It's never ending. But then to to see my wife as my first ministry, that that's who I'm called to. And I, I can't even think about doing this other ministry if I can't do my first ministry well so I think that's kind of governed a lot of my thinking it's like if I am and there's times where like we'll be fighting like I'll be fighting on the way to church and like I'll be I'll have to preach like Uh, like like in 30 minutes like crap like on marriage on marriage you know like (laughs) what the hell am I gonna do about this so 
you know, I, I got to make things right. So, you know, when there's times where I, I have to, where I want to kind of like be that guy who's like, you know, you apologize to me or mm-hmm. like, you know, not wanting to make that first move of humility. Like I have to, like, because I, I, I don't want to approach ministry or, or at least the church ministry and, you know, inauthentically and yeah. while my own, my own ministry of marriage is, is crumbling. Right. So I think that's one thing that's governed, but you know, I think for me, it's, it's a lot of mistake. It's a lot of, it's a lot of learning. Like we've been through marital therapy a mm-hmm. number of times because that's an area that I've really struggled with. Mm-hmm. It's an area that's been really difficult for me to make, make her my first ministry because I, I will, I would just be like, well, you know, you deal with your problems. Like I got my own problems. Like I just, just come on, get on board. I got this to deal with. Yeah. So I feel like that's something that it, it's taken years and conti- still continues to take years to, to work on. Hmm. Uh, saving grace for me is she's a therapist. So she, <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the part that's funny about that is like she will like pick apart like yeah, everything yeah. that she happens. knows why you're crazy exactly she knows why I'm crazy right <laughs> and so like I can't slip up you know like I can't I can't, why can't you just let me be crazy you know like no she doesn't allow it because she will tell me exactly what happened to me when I was seven uh, and why no. I'm acting a fool right now this is because of your dad exactly <laughs> exactly exactly Dang so she'll it. get to the root of things you know I'll be like I don't want to go to the root I just want to stay with the symptom. I just want to be mad. Let I just want to be mad. You know, just let me be pissed off and then like just forget about it. Like like this conversation is done. No, it's not. It's oh. not done. So I think... Um, <laughs> Make an I, appointment. <laughs> exactly. I, I think there's saving grace in that my wife is is very... Like, she, you know, she, she is very theologically, uh, spiritually in tune with God. Mm. But then she's very, very introspectively informed. She's very deep. It's a good combo, and, and yeah, it's an incredible. It's an incredible combo. So it's, you're wrong, pretty much. Then oh, I'm wrong. Oh well, that's that's. <laughs> is that that's what you're that's, telling me? That's literally like <laughs> you asked me how do you do it. This is how you do it. It's like there's only there's two parties in any, every marriage fight. There's there's the party that is the wife, and then there's a party that's wrong. So that's basically how marriage works. <laughs> you know, there's there's two sides to every argument. There's the wife, and then there's the party that's wrong. <laughs> So I mean, you can decide. You can either be, you know, you can you can either. I mean, there's there's so much to say about this, but basically, yeah. my yeah. wife is a saving grace for me. She she will not allow our my destructive behaviors and habits <clears throat> to continue. She will get to the root of things, and she'll she'll point me to get therapy, or she'll point me to mm. find resolve for deeper. Uh, wounds that I have that come out in argument and conflict. Yep. So I think for me, um, number one, it's the whole you know ministering to my wife is seeing that's my first ministry that's helped a lot. Um, while I was a pastor in like larger churches, but then I think as a church planter, I think then that's when everything kind of shifted because hmm. then now we're talking like money. Now we're talking like right. if this doesn't work. Yeah, what do like, we do? What do we like? Th- this is a whole new level of stress mm. that's putting on our relationship. Because before, it's like, you know, the churches were paying my salary, so I wasn't worried about that. But now it's like, wow, like this is a whole nother level of worry about paying our bills. Yeah, you know, uh, paying for our family. So how are we going to do this? And so, 
I think this has really cranked up the intensity um, of number one, hmm. like how much I've, how much emotion I feel. It's cranked up a lot of my anxiety, a lot of my fear, and how much how angry I get at her. And then it's cranked up how much I've had to release, like Mm. release control. Like what we were talking earlier about the turret, the gun turret person versus the person flying the plane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've had to realize, like, I am not flying the plane here. I'm the guy that's just, you know, trying to do what God's given me to do. But really, he's in control. Right. So a lot of it is releasing that control. And a lot of that's saying, okay, um, if... If uh, if we're gonna operate, if we're gonna do this church plant, I have to make sure our marriage is intact, it's thriving, it's flourishing. She knows I love her. She knows um, we can communicate and all that. Yeah. Before, you know, not this does not get hit. This does not suffer in order to get this church plant off the ground. Right. Wow. Good luck with that. Yeah, it's 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 man. it's a journey, man. I don't and I don't have I don't have I don't I don't I haven't made it. Like there isn't like I've made it. Like so no. I'm just telling you like what I've experienced in the time that I've put in. Yeah. Well, you're never done yeah. learning. No. Cuz your 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 scenario always changes. Yes. You know, you get older. Yes. And now there's a a whole another human yes. in in the picture. Yes. So that's that has to have changed. Yes. Uh, Yes. things in some ways that is it's your first uh, it's our it's our technically our second because second. we've been foster parents so oh, okay I, I still include my my foster child as our first time parenting together okay and then this would be our first biological how long have you fostered we fostered for nine months so you had okay wow yeah so you fostered for nine months and then was there a nine month pregnancy or no no that was in 2004 <laughs> 17-ish, oh, 16. Oh, 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 okay. So that was a few okay. years ago. So not consecutive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. And so now, yeah, that, that's a whole another layer. Oh, yeah. How, how old is your, is it a, a, your son, you said? Uh, the, the newborn, he is three months. Three months old. Yeah. Wow. Our foster child is five years. Okay. Okay. And so you're doing the still up at, up at night business. All the time. Yeah. 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 I mean, my wife is taking most of the night shift, uh, yeah. but there's definitely a whole never another level of exhaustion. Wow. I, I admire a lot about you, man. Oh well, just the I'm just a, I'm a schmuck. You, you'd, well, yeah. and and he's I'm, humble too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of it's a lot of pressure, but it it's. It's a lot of opportunity at the same time. Yeah, I think yeah. the 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 two don't seem to be separate yeah. ever. It seems like the I'm not I'm I'm not going to quote Spider Man, but yeah. the <laughs> the responsibility is very high. The opportunity is very high. Yes. the challenge is very high. It's yes, like it's, it's a very intense life. Yes, you're not you're not hiding in comfort in any way right now. No, no, I feel like every facet of my life is under siege. Yeah. Every every facet, and uh, it's kind of like uh, what you're saying. The Chinese word character for crisis, there's the 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 words that make up the word crisis is opportunity, in in the Chinese characters. Really? Yeah. So I, I I do believe that in oh. crisis is 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 God's invitation to grow. That's interesting. 
Oh, it's almost like they did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Kind of is. There's a, there's a, a, since we're talking about like planes and bombers and stuff, so there's a thing that they said that uh, in World War II, they didn't have really good like GPS mapping and the reconnaissance wasn't as good. Yeah. So, so a lot of times when they would fly over like parts of France and Germany and all that, they didn't know where the artillery warehouses were. They didn't know where the bunkers were. Yeah. And but they were supposedly supposed to try to go over and bomb things. And what they said is they said that our our enemy can't help but to position anti aircraft artillery around things that are important. Oh wow. And so we'll just start flying. <laughs> <laughs> and when when we start getting shot at and the more fire we start taking, oh, that's hilarious. That's that's more important. That's hilarious. Yeah, oh and I think goodness. that that's such a, a great parallel for the opportunities of ministry. Yeah, because if if I were the enemy, hmm. I would very much want you to retreat. Yeah, <laughs> into comfort. Yeah, just consume. Yes, this is scary. Yes, <laughs> it's okay. Yes. I'm gonna to try to convince you with everything I've got that you're you're not the guy. This yes. is not the time. Yes. Please don't do this. Yes. Like, think of your family. Yes. Like think of all these things. But once you do start going, you better believe he's gonna start shooting at you too. Yes. And and you're gonna take more and more fire. Cause look, if if your mentors can recognize that there's a gifting in you mm. and that you're on a mission mm. and that you can do these things, that you can preach, that mm. you should do this. Mm. The devil knows that too. Amen. He's been around for a minute. Yeah. He can spot talent That's just as right. good as we can. And, That's right. And as soon as you start getting a whiff of that, he's going to start shooting at you. Yeah. And that um, that there's something in me that's like, there's like a warrior there. It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the battle. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not backing down. Yeah. Like, that's go. right. Yeah. That's right. And it, it's it's scary. It's scary. It is. But that's another thing. You could feel scared. And go about the mission. Yeah. Yeah, they're different. Yes. Amen to that. Man. It's good stuff. Someone should write that down. Crud. Okay, well, we just recorded it. We just recorded it, so it should be written down somewhere. <laughs> the transcript. Yes. Um, well, we're we're creeping up on the two-hour mark. Um, seems to be that's when most people's attention span <laughs> starts to fall off. Um, but I, I'd, I'd love to just, you know, kind of open up the floor. Like what, what else on your mind that, that mm-hmm. whoever clicks on this is hearing you? Um, yeah. What, what would you like to just tell the internet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that, and obviously you, I, I, I should get your permission first, but mm. one of the things I'm doing is church planting. So we're recruiting. Yeah. So I don't know if oh please do we have permission to just make that put that out there on your channel. It's your show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. This this is uh, I'm the boss. Okay. So, yeah. Please do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Promote. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, yeah. I mean, if if listener, if you've made it this far, um, two hour <laughs> two hour mark. Yeah. Uh, then uh, this is for you. <laughs> this request is for you. <laughs> this recruiting. This, so basically, you know, we're we're, we're planning a church, and, yeah. and we're in Fremont, and so we, uh, we we have a vision. Uh, me being Asian American, I, I do want to. 
I do want to plant, um, we have a vision for a, a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church. And uh, being a part of, um, as a pastor, uh, uh, my first pastor being in a black church, uh, second pastor being in a white church, and now, you know, we're going to find out what's going to happen to this. But <laughs> the, 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 the desire is really multi-ethnic, you know, yeah. and, and to reflect the city of Fremont and how diverse it is. So, um, you know, that's, I think I just want to say that just because earlier I just, you know, talked about just about my race and my desire to see Asian pastors, but that doesn't mean I want my church to be that. Right. Um, I think I'm better off if I can sit with a brother that's of another mother and we can learn from each other. So yeah. um, if you have a heart, I think if, you know, your listener has a heart to learn more about um, turning, um, taking that next step away from consumerism, mm -hmm. church consumer, to, um, you know, really <laughs> taking a dive off the deep end and, and, and follow Jesus in a very different kind of way, maybe a way that's, um, maybe in a way that is going to challenge your faith to grow. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, I'd, love, I'd love for them to, you know, reach out. You know, we are a small little team of people, and uh, it's, it's kind of like this. I, I tell people, well, you know, there's a churches that, uh, it's in America have in some ways become cruise ships where mm. everything in the church and the programming is, you know, how do we care for our people? How, how do we care for our sheep? How do we care for, yep. you know, our congregation? But an outward focus has been lost. Yeah. And um, I'm not saying this by any particular church. I just think in general, you know, the church I've experienced have, have really, you know, succumbed to that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying I'm, free from that too because I'm sure like I do that all the time with my own little church but I think the experience um, in illustration is you know we're, we're called really away from a cruise ship but into um, this aircraft carrier where mm. you know, we are really a part of a ship that's refueling us energizing us encouraging us so we're sent out to our mission yeah. and I think there are people that maybe go to a church that are listening and maybe <clears throat> they feel or you feel like you've just been consuming and you've been sitting at the pool ordering fries by the pool right, right. kind of enjoying <laughs> life. And that's, you know, like, listen, I was there at a time too, um, just, you know, wanting to be fed yep. and blaming the pastors and staff for everything. Uh, but I think there might be a person that is listening um, or just kind of roaming around Fremont being like, hey, I wonder what it looks like to be part of a startup and mm. to have a very um, aggressive, outward-facing, um, you know, uh, culture and um, mission, you know, as a yeah. team together, yeah. as a community mission, to, on mission together. So I think that's kind of where I'm sharing with people. This is what we're trying to do: is is really keep an outward-facing mission as an aircraft carrier. And yeah, we gather. Yeah, we do teaching, and yeah, we go deep in the Word, but so that we can be sent out yeah. to the lost. So that's my hope. That's my prayer. Um, that's the reason why I do a lot of things I do is, is to reach people like my neighbor, uh, Tony. Mm. He, um, I've invited him for years. He said no. Um, you know, put chocolate little Easter bunny on his doorstep <laughs> this past couple Sundays ago. And yep. he tuned in and we've been having spiritual conversation ever since. And so it's you know, people like him, people um, you know, like a Mark who... Um, you know, he's not part of a church, but I play drums at a bar and I walked up to him 
invited him to church and he hasn't been in a while he's like sure i'll I'll check it out and he's been a part of our our stuff ever since so i i i really pray and hope that we become a church and part of a a group of people that can really reach um, those that are far from god instead of just kind of reshuffling the deck and let's just chop off people from this church go to this church i really hope that we become a team that is reaching those that are actually not a part of any church yep. and we can really in the kingdom of things move the line of scrimmage forward a couple feet that's awesome a couple yards yeah yeah and your uh well your your monthly meetings when when they do happen are at the Silliman center right is that yes still a thing yes well you know with all this madness we're obviously not meeting physically right yeah. now yeah uh, we're streaming on sundays that's the plan uh, so uh, <laughs> our hope is that's right down the street yeah, it's right down the street from How here. How dare you be I know, right? How so dare close to another So close, <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> exactly. We no. need more churches. I, so my, my hope is that we become a church planning church, right? So in like how many years, five, seven years, we're, we're chopping off a group of people, giving them a bunch of money yeah. and saying, go plant. I don't care if it's down the street no, because there's people to- <laughs> with gifts that I don't have. There's people with connections I don't have. There's also people that will connect to you that won't connect to me. Yeah. And so all kinds of people need different churches. Yeah. And so our, our hope is in five to seven years, we chop off a, an arm and go be a new body. Send it. Yeah, we need many, many more. Yeah. You could plant 10 churches within a minute of here, and it wouldn't be enough. Yeah, and it would, like, amen. Amen to that. The Bay Area is the most unchurched region in the so country. So many people, too. How many did you say are in Fremont? How many evangelical? 50 church? evangelical. Uh, the last my, my last count was 50. And the average size is like 100. Oh, uh, Probably probably less i mean you you know of the big ones just because we, we drive by them but yeah. the average church size in america is 70 75 and we have a quarter million people of our population in fremont's 260 270 yeah. thousands we're so not even touching one percent we're not touching the we're not even scratching the surface we need more churches yeah so th- i think the the appeal of a church plan is for somebody who has been sitting in church Obviously, they need the, the blessing of their pastor. Yeah. They, I would encourage them, like, talk to your pastor, talk to your leadership, make sure you get their blessing. Right. Um, and then if this is something that you're called to do, it's basically a hyper-growth experience. Yeah. My team um, and I, my, I told them, like, this is going to be one of the hardest things you do because you're not going to have the comforts. We don't have the swimming pool. We don't have the curbside, uh, the swimming pool, you know, uh, poolside fries. I think oh this is funny I think we had like we had somebody come in was we have house church sometimes too yeah I think I think one you know one of our the kids you know walked in and said like like oh where's you know where's like the ball pit I'm like we we don't have a ball pit like we're just I think it was like something to the effect of like, where's the playpen or whatever. Yeah, they're going like, to church. Where's the toys? Man? Yeah, ex- exactly. Like the Xboxes, like the, the 17 screens for the youth room. Like, hey, uh, it's, no, we, we're a startup. Lean and mean, dude. That's <laughs> we, funny. But, but what we do offer is that, you know, mentality of we're, we're, we're basically, we're trying to raise up people to, you know, be a community on mission together. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. How can they, so there's a website? Yeah, the what, uh, uh, the website's restore22.church. Restore22.church. And you're on you're on all the socials as well. Uh just Instagram and Facebook. Okay. I am I am a little bit behind the times with that. So I'm catching up. Better just get just on those it. two. Get that Twitch going. I know, right? <laughs> My brother is actually a, a avid Twitch user, so he's I'm, I'm learning from him. I I think I'm just reaching like 
minimal sufficiency with social media, but I haven't even downloaded Twitch yet. So yeah. I'm probably 10 years behind. Right, whatever. right. But like you said, like we're 37. By now, we're yeah. like the elder millennial. It's like I know. the Gen Z and all their stuff they're coming out with. Like, uh, it's hard to keep up. It is hard to keep up. It is. Um, dude, thanks for talking with me. Thanks for having me, Ryan. This was fun. We got to do it really again. Fun. I want to. I want to like check in with you in like a year or Aww. so and just see how like things are going. Yeah, it's it's about the journey. It's yeah. about the journey. Yeah. Awesome. Well, God bless you. Thank you. Bless your wife and your your new little baby. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, this crazy adventure you're on, man. Thank you. Uh, let God keep you, protect you, mm. send you. Mm. Keep keep the keep the enemy fire coming, but not taking you down. Mm. Thanks for having me, Ryan. It's been a it's been a real privilege and blessing for me. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening. And thank you again, Lita, for coming on the show. That was super fun. Felt so good to get back in the seat and behind the mics with a real person. I'm tired of talking to myself, so this is great. Uh, if you like what you heard, please share the episodes. Uh, also, please go check out uh, Restore22.Church and just see what they're up to. If you're a crazy type person and you want to get down with something brand new, uh, we need as many churches as possible and we need as many people as possible to champion the name of Christ out there. So uh, if you're down with that, get in touch with him. See what he's doing. Uh, and as, of course, as always, share these episodes uh, with anyone you think would be blessed by it. Uh, we want this word to get out. We want people to know that, that Christ is moving always, that his perfect will always goes forward, that he is always good. Uh, thank you so much. And get in touch with me. If you want to come on the show, again, send me an email at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. See you soon. All right, so um, <laughs> I thought this would be fun. If you listen to the show, you know I do these intros, and uh, it's no surprise that I don't always get them right on the first shot. So um, here's some some outtakes, maybe bloopers. <laughs> Here you go. Oh, and welcome. Oh, what? <laughs> Dang it. Well, hello there, and welcome. Why do I sound like that? What is going on, Garage Band? This is just a way for us together to proclaim to pro 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 what pro proclaim pro proclaim what shoot me an email at great stories dot the dang i don't even know my own email doug doug hey there and welcome once again to the great stories podcast my name is ryan member member ryan member and if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that it's a listener-supported effort, and uh, we just want your money. <laughs> we just want your money. <laughs> and we just want the show to get out there so that people can hear about... <laughs> Lily. All right. Hang on. I know sometimes it can be scary to think of, like, blowing your cover and, and telling people out there that... I mean, you would you you're a Christian and you you 
believe in this stuff and you listen to these crazy people that have podcasts. What, <laughs> what am I saying? I can't put this. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Great Stories Podcast. <laughs> Check us out next week and we'll be back with another interview, uh, which I'm very excited about because I, uh, I, I can't remember why it was. Check us out online, support the Facebook page, give us some likes, uh, five-star rating on Apple Podcast or Stitcher or Spotify or any of these platforms you listen to, any of those, uh, just helps them to get, uh, help the, the uh, helps, uh, blah, 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 blah. Give us a five-star rating on the Apple Podcast or Spotify. Give us a, a thumbs up or a like on whatever platform you listen to. It helps the podcast to come up sooner as people are searching for new things to listen to. Uh, so as always, thank you so much for listening. I love you. I miss you. I wish we could be together. This corona thing is killing me, but uh, I know we'll be together soon, and God is still moving. See you next week. Nailed it! Yes! Yes!